Hey there guys and welcome back to the Travis and Damien podcast. We are available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien podcast along with iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and many more. Today we will be talking about the news, our recent activities and then Spider-Man Far From Home, all spoiler talk. So first piece of news is that Dr. Mario World will be coming out very soon, July 10th. And there's a little video showing you on how the game's played out. It's pretty much, you know, what a mobile version of Dr. Mario is, but not exactly. Nintendo changed some things around to make it mobile friendly, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they have, like, you know, the stamina bar. So you can, like, do, like, a few levels, like, every day or whatever until, like, you have to recharge it. And, like, you know, it has all the standard mobile game stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be fine, you know, just, like, having a puzzle game like that be on mobile is like basically what these people die for it's like you know like candy crush or things like that so i think it's gonna do really well but um you know it's not something i'm really excited for you know it's not like uh, like i'll probably try out that new pokemon mobile game that's coming out like that looks kind of interesting i guess but uh Mm -hmm. something like this i'm just you know it's like whatever i'm pretty sure people will be pretty happy to play this though yeah definitely uh you know, it is a Dr. Mario IP, so it might not get as much traction, but this is Mario we're talking about. So if it is good and word does uh, get around, I think that this will definitely be one of the more successful Nintendo mobile app games. Yeah, I, um, I also think it has the, uh, it could reach a further audience since like, you know, mm-hmm. Fire Emblem is, you know, it has that audience and like Animal Crossing and uh, Mario Run, like those are weren't as popular as like Fire Emblem, but I think Dr. Mario World could really reach, like, that wider audience just because it's, like, a puzzle game and whatever. So, I think the mm-hmm. casual audience will like it a lot more. Yeah. Uh, who knows? It might just end up like all of the other Nintendo mobile apps where it, it you know, <laughs> is pretty good when it starts off and then just dies off instantly. I mean, um, Fire Emblem is still going super strong. So, like, that, that's, like, the again, that's, like, the only one that's going real strong. Um, so, I, I think this one has the potential to, like, stick. It, it, it just depends on how people if people keep playing it or not yeah all right so now this has been a controversy for a while but uh we're finally gonna be talking about it uh (laughs) being unable to transfer all pokemon to sword and shield so basically um they were just like yeah you can only like transfer pokemon that are in the regional decks which basically means like those are the pokemon in that region and every pokemon game has that you know every pokemon game has a regional decks where it's a bunch of new Pokemon and then, um, like, some older ones, like, fill in some gaps. Um, but usually they have a thing called National decks where you could transfer, all, you know, the rest of your Pokemon from all the other games and stuff like that. So you got, like, the fully completed Pokedex. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, they're not doing that for this one. Um, and there was a lot of, a lot of outcries because, uh, you know, the whole tagline for Pokemon is, gotta collect them all. And when you can't do that, people are going to get <laughs> real angry. Um and basically, there's like a huge backlash. Like for a week, there was just like everyone was angry uh, that you know the English audience was mad, the Japan audience was extremely mad. So they made a response, basically saying, "Yeah, it sucks, but we can't do anything about it." And that was about it. Like their yeah. response basically made people even more angry because they know about it, but they're not going to do anything to really fix it. Um, and that just made people really angry. And it, it kind of sounds like they're not even going to patch it in later because I know. Apparently, in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, um, there also wasn't a National Dex on release, and they, like, patched it later that you could transfer all your Pokemon. Um, so, I, I don't know if they're even going to do that in this game, since it seems like, in that response, it sounds like they're not even going to, like, do that. So, um, yeah, basically, everyone's super mad because you can't transfer <laughs> all your Pokemon into Sword and Shield. And I also think that is really dumb. 
Uh, personally, it doesn't bother me that that much because um, I, I I don't really care about the collecting part. I'm mostly I always just use new Pokemon anyway for each generation since uh, that's kind of the point. You know, like, I don't want to use old Pokemon in like a new generation because that kind of defeats the point. At least to yes. me anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I definitely understand why people are angry. And it really shows how lazy Game Freak has been for so long. And I've been saying it forever. Like, Game Freak is, like, just the most bare minimum company ever. Like, they just, like, release the same game o- o- like over and over again. And, like, barely do anything new. And I think it's really showing with Sword and Shield being, like... It just looks like a 3DS game on the Switch. And then they're claiming that, oh, we can't put all the Pokemon here because we're... Like working on high quality animations for each Pokemon, and then on Twitter they show like like Score Bunny using Double Kick, and he just hops like a little bit. <laughs> like it looks <laughs> awful. Like they're still using all the same animations from the 3DS games, all the same models. Like it, like their like reasonings for not including every Pokemon is like super bad. Like it has like no ground at all because we could see that they try like they're clearly not even like trying. <laughs> but um, yeah, basically it's just like a whole a whole thing. Um. Whether or not I will get Sword and Shield, I probably will, just because it's a new generation. But I'm mm-hmm. glad people are finally starting to understand that, yeah, Game Freak really doesn't put that much effort into their games anymore. Or really at all. Like, they've always been pretty, like, copy and paste, like, a lot of the time. So I'm happy that people are finally starting to realize that. But uh, will that affect the sales for this game? Probably not. It's probably still going to sell like crazy. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen next. It wouldn't surprise me if they do patch in the National decks at some point, but... At this point, we really don't know, so... Yeah. Well, my two cents on it as a more casual Pokemon fan nowadays. Uh, yeah, it sucks that you can't do the whole national deck thing anymore. Like, yeah. it just seems really weird why they would just stop doing that. And then their response was obviously them just doubling down on what they already did, yeah. which you should never, like, double down on anything that you're doing, especially <laughs> when the response is negative. Um, so maybe they'll patch it in, maybe they won't. Uh, I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I mean, most of the people that are complaining about it, um, uh, I feel like that they're still going to buy the game, like, no matter what. Yeah. But, you know, like, it just sucks that they can't, you know, transfer all of their old Pokemon to this newer one, especially since it's now going on a console, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I could see why people are upset. It's also just, like, a weird business decision, because they're releasing that Pokemon Home thing where you have to, like, subscribe to it so you could, like transfer all your pokemon to the switch but what's Mm -hmm. the point in buying that or subscribing to that service if you can't even transfer them to sword and shield like it makes no sense to me but whatever (laughs) it's game freak there they're not not great (laughs) okay so moving on to some more nintendo news nintendo is looking to expand nintendo online outside of just nes games so uh yeah i mean nes games are kind of just like whatever um the most enjoyment i get out of them are like you know for like 30 minutes maybe an hour at most but yeah hopefully they give us some actual like games <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm pretty much the same like there's like a few nes games that are like really worth playing like the mario games are really good and kirby's pretty good um uh punch out's really good you know the Mega Man's, but those aren't there and, like, that's about it. Like, there's not too many NES games that I would really go back to. Um, so I'll be happy if they added uh, Super NES games or maybe Game Boy Advance or Game Boy, you know. There's a lot of things they could do. It's just, like, just never do it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think what will get a lot of people to buy it if they start doing, like, 3D games. So, like, if you've got, like, Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, I think that will get people to feel a lot better about the subscription service. Um, mm-hmm. 
especially since the online still isn't great. Like just looking at all the footage of Mario Maker online being like absolute garbage and like Smash still being pretty <laughs> bad. Um, you know, I think giving you like free like N sixty four games would be a pretty big plus, I guess. But yeah. I don't know. Nintendo still just does understand how online works, which is so weird. <laughs> Yeah, it is definitely very weird. Uh, but if they even do like you know N sixty four or even GameCube games, like that'll definitely push the Nintendo fans being like, yeah, now now the online is actually kind of worth it, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah, like that would definitely be very cool. But I feel like that they're just gonna do NES, SNES, and just work from their way there. Um, but yeah, NES games are just kind of whatever at this point because i feel like that they've re-released them so many times now Mm -hmm. you know with the nes classic and like other forms uh like that with like digital you know virtual console all that other stuff so hopefully they give us something worthwhile because i you know most people are just paying for it because they have to to play online for certain games that they want to play online for so just really sucks that the service right now is still very bare bones and not exactly all that great yeah like it just it just becomes more apparent every time more online games come out, like again, like Mario Maker, where the online is still super laggy and stuff. And it's like, where where is this twenty dollars even going anymore? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's still still not great. So hopefully they do expand on that. Um, so according to uh, Sonic Team, two thousand twenty one is going to be the next big year for Sonic, which I highly doubt because you know <laughs> it's Sonic Team, like it, like uh, whatever. <laughs> it's just, I lo- I'm losing yeah. faith in Sonic Team, right? Like, the best Sonic game that came out in a while was uh, Sonic um, Mania, and that wasn't even really made by them, so... Yeah. So, you know, 2021, I believe, is Sonic's 30th anniversary. Mm. So, the last anniversary that they did was back in 2011, which was for the 20th anniversary. So... You know, Sonic Generations did obviously very well, and I think that that is definitely one of the better 3D Sonic games these days. And then they said that 2017 was a big year for Sonic, like you said, Sonic Mania, but of course Sonic Forces is in that mix. So 2021, hopefully they can actually learn from their mistakes and, you know, make a Sonic game that has a pretty decent story and also has gameplay that will satisfy, hopefully, the boost formula people, but also, you know, the classic... Or, you know, the much more casual Sonic fans, I guess, if I can say that. Because I don't want classic Sonic just thrown in, in, in every single 3D Sonic game after Generations, you know? Yeah, I feel like now it kind of breaks the pace a little bit because they're just so different. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I would like to see something that's not Boost Formula anymore because I think I'm kind of sick of it now. Like, um, I don't know. I, I would like a return to form to, like, you know, adventure-style gameplay yeah uh because i i still think that's like my favorite like 3d sonic variant like it's still really fun to me um but yeah i i just i, I also don't want no more classic sonic <laughs> like i feel like classic <laughs> sonic is fine on his own obviously but uh i feel like let 3d sonic be 3d sonic and let 2d sonic be 2d sonic don't like mix them together so yeah hopefully for whatever they have cooking up for uh 2021 we'll see then uh Hopefully, you know, maybe it is a adventure style kind of game because I think that that would bring a lot of old people back in and, you know, the newer people wouldn't mind that much to a adventure style kind of game. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not obviously Sonic 06 kind of, you know, ordeal, oh, which yeah. I think they've learned since they delayed, uh, I believe it was the Team Sonic Racing game recently. They delayed it to, you know, recently it just came out. 
because they were like, yeah, we actually need time to develop this game. So they're definitely not going to cut corners anymore, but whatever they have cooking up, hopefully it's not Sonic Forces. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> it's garbage. All right, so Epic Games will refund Shenmue 3 backers uh, that are upset by the game being moved to Epic Game Store. Um, so I actually didn't know this until mm-hmm. I found this article today. But, yeah, it turns out that uh, they signed a deal or something with Epic Games, and then yeah. they were like, yeah, uh, now it's going to be on the on that client instead of Steam, which, you know, a lot of people are really mad at, you know, the whole Epic versus Steam sort of thing, which I do understand. Um, but for me personally, it's kind of just like whatever because, you know, it, it's still on my computer. I just have to open up a separate client, which is annoying, which I could see why people really do hate it. Uh, but, you know, Epic is offering refunds to those that don't want to use the Epic Games Store client. And, you know, they will give you a full refund because I think that, you know, if they refund it through Kickstarter, there's like a fee or something. So Epic is going to handle all of that. Yeah, um, so, like, when the game was backed, like, in, like, 2015, I'm pretty sure it said you would get a Steam code. So, yeah, as you could imagine, people were very mad when it was like, oh, we're moving to Epic, and all the PC players that, like, kickstarted the game were like, well, what, what's going to happen to us? Mm-hmm. So, apparently, um, this site is not going to be on Steam, but it's on the Epic Game Store, and, you know, everyone was asking for refunds. So, I think it was, a, it, it was a, it, this is, like... The first good PR move that Epic has done in a while, where it's like, oh, don't worry, we'll just refund if you're upset that's on the Epic Game Store, which is really nice. You know, I can't really say anything bad about that. Um, but you know, I, I think it's still kind of, it's still kind of scummy that they just decided to just break the like Kickstarter promise and like, oh, we're not going to be on Steam anymore, even though we promised it would be on Steam. You know, that's still like really bad. But mm-hmm. um, I think Epic is actually handling this really well, which is nice for a change because usually they're just like pretty tone deaf with all this stuff where it's like we're gonna keep buying things even though people don't like us and we're not gonna really improve the story that much um so it's good for them to actually have like a good like pr thing um and yeah i, I can't really say anything bad about this it's kind of just like it, it, it sucks that it's gonna be on the epic game store and the people that wanted it on steam aren't gonna get that but it's nice that they're getting refunded as well so yeah yeah i mean like definitely they probably moved it to the epic game store so when the game does eventually launch uh they'll get a bigger cut because oh, yeah. i know steam does you know take yeah, steam considerable takes higher yeah. yeah they take more money than epic games would so they they definitely moved there because they were like hey uh, we could actually get more money here so yeah uh it just sucks that you know they did break their promise of it being on steam but it is what it is now they made that decision and at least they're offering refunds to those that are not happy with it if i was one of the backers i'd just be like all right whatever <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> i probably just, yeah i probably just be like whatever but you know i can understand why people would be angry all right so now we got even more reasons like when i was talking about this during e3 and why i think this is gonna suck but games on <laughs> google stadia would likely be full price still um I just don't really get the point of this thing of this thing anymore. Like you're really only saving on like console costs at this point. But I, mm-hmm. I think I would rather just buy a console at this point. If you're like if everything else is just gonna be like the same, you know? Like I, I at first I thought this was gonna be like Netflix for games and that would have been cool. Instead it's kinda just like you could make your monitor into a um a console and then that's it. Like that's like yeah. That's the whole thing. And I mean and if you wanna play on your T V you still have to get like a Chromecast or whatever, uh, like to actually use it. So, like, you might as well just buy a console at this point, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely very interesting because lightning. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, When I first, uh, you know, read this headline, I was kind of just like, wow, they're really going to charge you $60 for a digital game that you can play on multiple devices, mind you, which is very cool. But it's a digital game that is kind of just like in the air and out there because when Stadia launches, let's say it fails. Are they just going to refund you all those games? Probably not. So you're kind of just risking the ball here in terms of like to those people that actually want to play on stadia and actually try it out you're gonna have to pay 60 dollars for these games and it's kind of just like up in the air sort of thing which is why i really dislike buying games digitally if i have a choice between physical and digital i will obviously always go for the physical version even if i have to install or like patch you know however however many updates as long as i have the game physically and i could do what i want with it afterwards i'm fine with that but you know obviously this whole thing is you know it's all cloud gaming and it's all in the cloud and this and that and yeah you can play on your tv pc laptop tablet phone whatever but it's a $60 game for a platform that is still uh, up in the air sort of thing. Yeah. Like, usually, I don't know. Usually, I don't really care about digital. Like, you know, if it's the big three, like Xbox, Sony, or um, Nintendo, and I buy it digitally, like, I'm not really scared it's going to go away forever. But if it's something, like, on the Stadia, like, that could very well fail, like, in, like, three years or whatever, like, I'm not going to buy a game there. <laughs> like, you know? Like, it could just be gone yeah. forever. So, um, yeah, I think them making you buy the game is also like pretty pretty like i just it just seems like not right <laughs> yeah uh to those that were around if you remember the on live console that was another attempt at like the cloud gaming sort of thing and it failed obviously i'm not sure if you actually had to pay like full price for games or stuff like that but yeah that thing is just donezo and i'm not sure what happened you know, I uh, probably failed because not many people were using it or buying games off of it or whatever. Yeah. So I'm gonna ooh yeah also. <laughs> no, that was also a giant failure. So yeah, this I, I wouldn't trust it basically. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure most people won't trust it, but to those that actually have faith in Google, let's see where their money goes. Oh yeah. Alright, so before we talk about Spider-Man, we're going to talk about our recent activities. So I will let you go first because I have some things I would like to talk about. Alright, so I guess we can both talk about this. We got uh, Team yep. Fight Tactics by Riot Games. It's not, it's well, I mean, it's not a separate game, but I guess it is. It's still in the lead client. It's just a separate game mode they're, they're doing. Mm-hmm. So basically it's auto chess. If you haven't been paying attention like over the past like year, auto chess became really big through a Dota 2 mod. And now Valve and Riot made their own version, being uh, Teamfight Tactics and Dota Underlords. So um, I, I guess I could talk about Underlords first before we talk about TFT, just, you know, because, like, I played it. Uh, they, both, they basically play exactly the same, except the item system is a very different. And uh, Dota Underlords, you have a choice. Every time you do a neutral wave, you know, like the, like the creep waves and stuff, you get a choice of three items, and then you could pick one. Uh, unlike TFT, where you could do item combining and stuff like that, the item just stays the same. Like, it's just like you pick the item and that's what it is. And each, like, uh, I almost said champion, each hero could hold one item instead of three, um, mm-hmm. but they are not bound to that item. Like, you could just, like, you don't have to sell the unit to get the item back. You could just move it around whenever you want. Um, and, and, like, I guess that could make more flexible things. Like you don't have to like sell this unit just to get the item back or anything like that. Even though I don't think that's like a real problem I ever had in TFT, it is a nice thing to have in Underlords. Like you just move your items around. 
Um, but besides that, they basically play exactly the same, where you get a bunch of different units through like like your little shop. You can reroll if you want. You get different like synergies depending on what units on the board. And they both play exactly the same after that point. It's just the items are are the most different part of it. Um, and now I guess we could talk about TFT. Um, <laughs> I really like it. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I don't really feel like, like there is like a lot of RNG, right? Since you you have to yeah. like reroll units or like you know so you can get like your two stars and whatever you you know items are items are probably say is the most frustrating part, but it looks like they're yeah. looking to fix that in newer patches, which is nice. Um, but I, I feel like I, I could consistently get like top four now or like top three because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of it is based on just decision making and like when to bail on certain like uh, builds if you're not getting the units you want and just like just start selling and like rebuilding to a new synergy uh, yeah. I, I think that's very important and you're going to see a lot of like pros or I guess quote unquote pros whatever like streamers you see them do yeah. that a lot so um, I think a lot of it is still like tactical decision making even like unit placement is a pretty big deal if you notice like you're losing to this dude over and over again using like the same sort of like setup if you just change your units placements around you could like win that fight probably if you're like evenly matched so uh yeah board placement and like knowing when to like bail on a build and stuff like that they're all very important obviously rng is going to be important too um you know if you don't get any items that sucks like a lot but i was still (laughs) able to win some games with no items like just because i was able to like get like three stars and stuff like that so you know it's it's a it's a whole lot of decisions to be made you know so yeah there's definitely a lot of decision making that is very important about this game and since you're literally just thinking about yourself and you don't have to worry about teammates like in league of legends a lot of this game is just about you yourself and what you can do with what you have which i think is why a lot of people have moved away from league um and also the game is just outright fun like it is super fun to just even play by myself just to like kill like half an hour to like 40 Mm -hmm. minutes of time and like i don't even like i didn't even realize that games were taking that long until i looked at the timer when like things were like pop up in in the uh, chat and i was like oh shoot games are like at least 30 minutes long if you're like getting far enough so yeah and since i do love league and its characters you know it is very cool to go and see you know them use use it in another game and this whole tft mode is very very cool i really do like it um you know this is like my first auto chess sort of adventure so uh but yeah items definitely are a problem yeah um you know sometimes you'll get one item sometimes you'll get no items and i think that once they stabilize that and figure mm. out how to how to like you know make it consistent when you get items and when you don't or like when you know all of the players should get items at the same time honestly like that's how it should be instead of like all right this player got two items and then this player got jack shit it's like why why is that you know the way it is it's just is so um hopefully when they implement ranked because they are definitely doing that uh it'll be you know much smoother less rng in the the early game and stuff like that i know they're taking out spatulas from the uh first carousel or something like oh, that they are. Okay. yeah because like people would just do that and then just hold on to it and then wait for like a uh, synergy or whatever so right. uh but yeah if you've never played a auto chess game before i think uh tft is a fine place to start um just because you know it is on the league of legends client and you know it is free uh dota underlords or the underlords yeah. game that's also free right yeah underlords is also free okay so 
either one i think that those are fine starts but you know if you have some experience with league you should definitely start with tfc because you will you know recognize some of the characters and stuff like that so but yeah it is definitely a very fun game and i would definitely recommend it to those that have never played a auto chess game like myself yeah and riot's been doing a pretty good job and like fixing a lot of things right away and like you know uh balancing and stuff like that because uh, you know they're the right fixing the whole item problem and like uh adding ranks and a bunch of other things so yeah they've been they've been pretty good right now so uh yeah i i, I recommend tft it's, it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. um so next i played Shadowbringers, which is the expansion for final fantasy 14 and it is very good i'm not too too far i'm like i'm probably like a quarter of the way in but um it's 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 really good uh the story and stuff is a lot better than the last expansion which i felt was a little more generic it was still good but it it felt more generic where you just have the evil empire and whatever this one has a lot more of an interesting concept with like you know light is bad guy and stuff like that um and yeah it's really bringing in a lot of plot points from the other expansions and like the base game and it kind of feels like a finale even though it's not and it's it's really good the music is also fantastic um the the one like trial boss which is like sort of like a mini little raid boss was a lot of fun a lot harder than the other expansions they're really uh pushing the difficulty and like just like non like extreme content which is just you know like the higher end stuff so that's nice to see um the dungeons are all beautiful and a lot of good music like the aesthetics for it is also really fun um and yeah it's just, it's just a good expansion so far i can't really talk about it much since i i haven't played as much as i wanted to yet but um it's 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 extremely good i i think it's a lot better than the last expansion so that that's always a good <laughs> sign that things get better and not worse so mm-hmm. um and besides that i well i guess we both watched promise neverland uh, which is an anime uh i haven't gotten too far i'm only in well i'm up to episode seven um but i guess i could say i really like the the atmosphere for this show that's probably like the biggest thing I, again i can't really talk about it too much since yeah, yeah, the, like yeah. you know you kind of just like once you watch episode one, then you'll see like, oh, okay. But um, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, I, I guess I just go with things I just like about without going too far into it. Um, I get that this like just the atmosphere of the show is super creepy and good. Um, like it just keeps you on edge the whole show. Like it's just very like just so anxious about what's gonna happen next because it really just sets that tone right from the start. Um, that something isn't right. So, uh, I like it a lot. The characters are all very smart. You know, none of them feel like that dumb at least the main characters anyway all feel <laughs> very smart and strong in their own ways and um i like that a lot having like nice competent characters is always a nice thing to have um <laughs> um but yeah I, I really like it again i can't really talk about it that much but um this, yeah. the show is extremely good it's, it's really short too it's only like 12 episodes i think so yes uh, i definitely think it is worth the watch it's it's really good uh what, what do you think about it since you actually did finish watching it <laughs> Yeah, I watched it a while back, but yeah, it is definitely one of my favorite animes as a person who doesn't watch that much anime. It is very, very good. Uh, If you're not hooked in after the first episode, it's probably not for you. But yeah, like after watching that first episode, I was just kind of like, well, I guess I'm going to finish this today, which is kind of what I did. Um, But yeah, it's just like you said, everything about the show, the characters, the atmosphere, um it's just all good it's all well done um and yeah the story that it's setting up and the you know ways that it twists and turns is very very good and i really did like it uh there is a season two uh coming out eventually i'm not exactly sure when but 
that will be very awesome once it does. So I guess I will talk about all my stuff. So League of Legends, uh, obviously I took this entire year off to do that and I'm still talking about it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm currently Grandmaster 207 LP. So I actually nice. played a l- <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Um, I actually played some today, but uh, I still ended up at 207 LP because, you know, wins, loses, whatever. Uh, but yeah, um, because TFT's out, um, and because high elo is actually still like really messed up, um, I feel like playing ranked is all about flipping the coin in some ways, which really sucks. Um, because I am trying to get higher and higher, but it just feels like some games are just over because players are just really bad or they're auto filled or whatever. Uh, which could be my fault. Maybe I should have dodged. I maybe I just had too much faith in this one player, but yeah uh it's still you know a fun game if i can say that Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) i'm still enjoying it to a certain extent you know playing it at least so uh then i watched toy story 4 uh that is a very interesting movie because i felt like toy story 3 ended off pretty well for the series but toy story 4 um it's here it's you know in existence if i can say that um and it's good i mean i i liked what they did with the characters um some people do have a problem with the ending which i can see why but personally i was just kind of like ah this is this is good i really really liked it uh it's not better than toy story 3 i would say uh but then again um toy story 3 um they kind of rehashed uh the theme from toy story 2 in a way so but you know overall toy story 4 is still a pretty good movie um and then I watched Stranger Things Season 3. Not to say much, but it is really, really good. Uh, I think it's just as good as Season 1, if not better. Uh, I know Season 2 was definitely uh, you know, hit, hit or miss for some people because of that one episode. Uh, but Season 3, it definitely makes up for it, and it is really, really good. Um, I was just, you know, pretty much binge, binge watching it. Like, after every, every single episode, I was like, I want to watch another one, so... <laughs> Um, and then I watched The Last Summer. It's like a really corny, cheesy uh, high school, you know, uh, romance movie sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it's whatever. I mean, I I knew what I was getting into when watching it. I, I was just kind of like after watching uh, Stranger Things, I was like, uh, let me just watch this, whatever. Uh, and then I think that's about it. Yeah. So now let's talk about Spider-Man. Yeah. So, if you guys uh, haven't watched it yet, uh, please do not listen to what we're about to say because we are going into full spoilers. So uh, let's just get our initial thoughts before going into the movie. So for me, myself, uh, I really love Homecoming. I think it's definitely within my top three favorite Spider-Man movies of all time. Uh, and I was looking forward to it, but you know, I, I honestly didn't realize that it was so soon until I was actually in the theater and you know watching it. I was like, oh shoot, I'm about to watch the sequel to Homecoming, sort of thing. So, but going into it, I my expectations were not all that high. It was kind of just like, all right, it's either going to be just as good as Homecoming or better, obviously. So, um, I thought, yeah, I, I thought it was just as good as Homecoming. Like, I think it still had like that same sense of humor and like you know the plot and stuff like that it felt very like homecoming to me i guess like it, it didn't feel like it was better or worse than it it just felt like it was just as good at least to me um mm-hmm. but I, again i was also like you where it was like i don't know like i wasn't i, I forgot it even came out i was just oh yeah this movie comes out like this week <laughs> so um 
So yeah, like you know, since after Endgame is just like, I, I felt like it was just over. Like there's nothing else. But this uh, this movie shows that it could they still they could still do it. <laughs> you know, they still got it. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we could just like I guess talk about the like general, general thoughts. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, I guess in the beginning, you know, they're just explaining like they call it the blip when everyone comes back. And this is so right off the bat, it kind of bothers me how they kind of just treat the snap, which is like this huge, like horrible event in like human history as like a joke. Like it's funny, like it, it was like the bit where like the band members come back and they get hit by like, <laughs> like a dodgeball. Like, it was funny, but it's also like uh, it, it just feels weird that you kind of just like make it like a joke, even though it's like this whole big event. And also, I refuse yeah. to believe that society could just, like, recover from that as fast as it did. Since it seems like this movie doesn't take place that far from, what you call it, from uh, Endgame. Endgame. Like, it feels like maybe, like, not even a year. So, I'm like, humanity cannot recover from, like, five years of half the population being gone in, like, an instant. Like, it felt very, like, this movie wasn't, sp- like, supposed to be after Endgame. They just decided, like, halfway through writing the script, like, okay, this is going to be after Endgame now. I was like, oh, okay, we gotta we got to write this stuff in. Cause it's just like, well, why are they going to Paris? Like they, they never, or I guess um, uh, Europe. Like, well, like they never really explain that either. It's just like stuff kind of just happens. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know that that part kind of like, I, I feel like they, they could just had a whole movie based on what happens after Endgame instead of it just lumping it with Spider Man. But that's just yeah. me. That, I know it's kind of nitpicky, but it just seems like it, it's like a five year gap, you know? And it's like it's, mm-hmm. it's a convenient thing that all the classmates that are friends with Peter didn't age. It would be interesting if MJ maybe like aged up and like they were all still like like you know teenagers that would have been like, that would have been that would have been a weird thing right like that would have been weird or something or maybe ned grew up i don't know but it could have done something interesting with that but it kind of just felt like it was just there and i, I don't know why i didn't i didn't really like that part that much but um yeah I, I, what are your thoughts about that i don't know if i'm being too nitpicky about it but i don't know no, no, like, no, no. you're not because i've i've watched videos and heard other people's opinions on far from home and you know the whole like tone of the movie is definitely like everywhere and like definitely that beginning part where it's like yeah there was this five-year gap and we're just you know explaining it in this really bad horrible you know like high school you know show that that they do every morning which are always great honestly (laughs) and that whole uh in memory of like you know all of those heroes were like those terrible terrible (laughs) pictures that was so good it was really good um but yeah like it's all funny but you know when you like think about it it's kind of like yeah maybe they should have taken more time to explain it probably in like a netflix series because i feel like no one would watch a movie on it but yeah. i feel like you know like a serialized disney plus series would have been fine uh maybe they are doing it who knows but i feel like that they've already announced everything they wanted to do with disney plus for the marvel uh cinematic universe or whatever but yeah i mean for me personally i didn't have a huge problem with it i mean it is kind of just like they're just making this into a whole joke and i'm kind of okay with that um obviously it should be taken a little bit more seriously because this is like a five-year gap we're talking about here but you know it is what it is this is what they gave us and i'm kind of just like yeah whatever it is what it is (laughs) yeah i I just feel like i don't know why did this like made it a five-year gap I feel like maybe having, like, I know, like, five years, like, whoa, that's such a big time, like, long, like, period of time in Endgame. But I feel like they should have made it, like, a year of everyone being snapped away. I think that would have gotten the point across good, too. Because I feel like now mm-hmm. with every other movie that comes out, it just kind of feels like, all right. I don't know. It, it, it just, I don't know. I don't know. It, it didn't really bother me when I was watching it. Just after the fact, I was just like, wait, they kind of, they kind of just ignored the snap for a while. <laughs> they didn't really do it. <laughs> I mean, like, the uh, whole first act, I felt, was, like, 
kind of all over the place when yeah. I think about it. They were kind of just doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, which is fine for, you know, like a Spider-Man size Peter Parker movie because, yeah. you know, we got to see Peter Parker doing the normal everyday things, which I like and I'm okay with it. It's just that it felt like everything was kind of all over the place. And obviously there's like unused footage from like the trailers with like that whole like fight scene or whatever uh, with like the cops and stuff like that. Like that wasn't in there because supposedly they're like saving it for like a Blu-ray feature or something like that, which is really weird and strange. But yeah, um, the whole first act was just all all over the place. But, you know, when I was like watching the movie, I didn't mind it because I was just in the moment and it just it still hasn't hit me that i was watching a sequel to you know spider-man homecoming yet i guess but the whole first act was just everywhere in some ways yeah and yeah i agree with that like you know they were kind of just going to like other stuff and peter was just dealing with his stuff and it was very enjoyable to watch because it's funny but um Mm -hmm. i don't know it it does feel like a little over place and i I guess this movie doesn't really feel i I mean it does feel like a spider-man movie but out of all the Spider-Man movies that have come out, like, in the past, like, like decade, like, this one feels a lot more just like an MCU movie just because they have to lump the Endgame stuff with it as well. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like yeah. it feels like less of a Spider-Man movie and more of just, like, a Marvel movie, I guess. Like, yeah, Homecoming, because... Oh, yeah. Because they also had to uh, add in the fact that, like, Tony died and, like, Peter's dealing with that because he is kind of, like, the father figure or, like, the Uncle Ben figure for this MCU Peter Parker. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, they also had to put that in there. Um, But once they, like, got to Europe and, like, stuff was, like, actually happening with, like, Nick Fury and all of that stuff, that's when, like, the movie started to get really good. Um, I guess we could talk about Mysterio real quick. So, like, going into it, I kind of bought the whole thing that he was, like, from another universe that, like, this... (laughs) I was kind of like, you know what, this... This could be possible, you know, like Sony and like, you know, Disney, like this could be a thing. And then obviously that didn't happen. Yeah, I was I was highly like, okay, dude, like, like, I know you're Mysterio. I know they're all illusions or whatever. From the first trailer I saw, like, those are illusions and he's going to betray them. And, you know, I, I guess if people didn't like ever, like, if you didn't know who Mysterio was, you probably would have bought that. And even then, if you knew who Mysterio was, when he was talking like so confidently about all this stuff, you'd be like, oh, maybe... But I was just like, yeah. nah, this dude's, those are illusions and he's tricking everyone. And I was right because, you know, he's Mysterio. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, the whole, like, reveal when he was like, get this suit off me. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Fucking Peter. God damn it, he messed up. Played him like but, a fiddle, dude. <laughs> that was, like, a pretty good way to do, like, exposition for, like, Mysterio and, like, his crew, I think. Uh, I, yeah. Um, I, I like how they were just disgruntled employees of Tony Stark. I think that was a good way. So, like, sort of connect that thing, too. Like, you know, because Mysterio, uh, he, his tech was just mocked, basically, by Tony Stark. Where he's just like, oh, it's like, we could just call it BART or whatever the acronym was. Yeah. And I forgot what Iron Man that was. Three or something? I can't remember. Uh, no, or, it or was Silver actually War Civil War. Or, Civil yeah, War, yeah. Civil War. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, like, like, yeah, when he used that thing during that movie. I, don't know, I thought it was a cool way to uh, connect, you know, Tony Stark with all these people. So, um and I don't know, I, th- I think it was a cool way to bring Mysterio into the MCU since... Yeah, I was, definitely. I wasn't sure how they were going to do it, <laughs> and I think they did his character really well. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when you're when you're in a time, like, 2019 with, like, drones or, like, the MCU sort of, like, universe where there's, like, drones or, like, all of this, like, technolo- technological stuff or whatever, yeah. 
Um, and, you know, Mysterio obviously didn't do it all on his own. He had a team, which is very cool. And I like the way that they adapted his character from comic book to this movie. And, yeah, I mean, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance as Mysterio, once he is, you know, fully revealed to be, you know, the super bad guy that he is, he he was fantastic, and I loved him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, he did a good job being, like, you know, sort of, like, this crazy dude who wants to be, like, the hero and things like that. I, I think that he did a good job with his character. Um, and same thing with his, like, just, like, fighting abilities where, again, he uses the drones to do the illusions and stuff like that. Like, when mm-hmm. the whole sequence when Spider-Man is, like, you know, uh, going through all those different illusions, that was amazing. I really loved yes. that whole fight scene. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Those, those Mysterio illusion scenes are by far the best part of the film because yeah. it's just, like, this is so trippy, and I love it. Yeah, and that, it's how I imagine he would fight, too. It's, like, it's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, and, like, you know, Peter figured it out. He was like, yeah, he's just a guy in a suit. If I could get to him, it's done. Yeah. And, that's exactly what he planned on doing later and yeah i mean one part of the movie that i think a couple of people were complaining about was when like peter was like stranded nowhere and then like he just got picked up by happy they felt like that that part was a bit rushed which i can see why because you know all of a sudden he's in the middle of nowhere and then you know he's just picked up by happy and then you know they're back on track to stopping mysterio yeah yeah that part yeah it's just kind of just like a nitpicky thing i guess like that part didn't bother me too much Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else, I mean, like the whole like high school like nonsense, like I I loved all of it, obviously, yeah, uh, because that is part of Peter Parker's character. But um, that sequence when like he said that his rush or his uh crush rival or whatever his name was, oh, Brad, uh, yeah, Brad, when he, like he sent that missile after him, I was like, oh god, no, this is not gonna <laughs> yeah, end well. <laughs> it's just like just like gonna kill him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, all he wanted to do was take that photo out, which obviously was a dick move by him. Yeah. Uh, to even do that, but I mean, yeah, there was just like a lot going on within this movie. I felt with like the high school stuff, which is fine, but sometimes I mean, like when I'm thinking about it, it's kind of just like all over the place in some regards. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, th- there was just a lot going on, like with Mysterio. Like there was a lot of plot points in the Mysterio. Him with MJ, Tony Stark, you know, like Nick Fury. Like, there's just like a whole lot going on at the same time. And I think mm-hmm. they did okay balancing them all. But it did feel like it could be kind of a mess at times. Uh, yeah. Like, it feels less coherent than the first movie. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I still think it was it, it was good. Because since the characters are, like, really good, like, I like Ned and MJ and Spider-Man and Mysterio and stuff like that. I think it was able to, like, hold its own pretty well. But, um... Oh my god, speaking of Ned, when he hooked up with Betty, or like, not hooked yeah. up, but like, <laughs> when they started dating, I was like, oh my god, no way. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, okay. They were just, that was just something that I did not expect going into this movie, and like, that was very funny. I mean, there were some other things I didn't expect going into this movie, but um, the whole like, last act, when like, you know, Peter gets MJ in on like, the whole thing that he is Spider-Man, and that's kind of why she was following him, I think that's how she put it, but at the end you know she obviously did have feelings for him and that was obviously very very cute yes so So. i guess we could talk about the the final scene well not final final scene but like the what the mid credit yeah (laughs) okay so this mid credit scene is probably the best one in the the mcu yeah 100 (laughs) percent. so the mid credit scene is uh 
Mysterio doing one last hurrah and pretty much making Spider-Man the public enemy, but at the same time revealing that uh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man and, you know, just flashes a photo of Spider-Man. And I was just like, wow, they actually did it. <laughs> also, they got J.K. Simmons to be uh, Hell yeah. J- yeah, from the Raimi trilogy. I'm like, yo, what? So, yeah, that, that's really cool. Um, so, obviously, that's going to be a giant, like, plot point later that, you know, basically make Peter look like, you know, the enemy. And he just told everyone he was Peter Parker. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that's going to be a very interesting, like, movie if whenever that's going to be touched on. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, da- like basically the Daily Bugle is going to be, like, a big part in the next one, I think. So, um, yeah, yeah that, that, that really sets the scene and be like, whoa, what? So, yeah, <laughs> that, that was extremely good. <laughs> yeah, that mid-credit scene is, like, it. it's just awesome. Like, how they, you know, pretty much set it up for the next movie. And, like, obviously we don't know when that is, when Comic-Con rolls around, which is very, very soon, San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, we're pretty much going to know hopefully what phase four is going to have in store uh and possibly a spider-man 3 will come out uh within the next three years i'm assuming just because they left that storyline on that note they have to continue it sometime soon yeah and yeah i mean that was a pretty good mid-credit scene i'm you know i really really dug it um and then the final credit scene was that hey nick fury and uh what's her name uh where scrolls so yeah i didn't know what was happening was that captain marvel or something or who who were those like weird shape shifter things yeah they were from captain marvel okay so uh, I, I had no idea what was going on that was the only, <laughs> it's like the only marvel movie i haven't watched yet is captain marvel but yeah pretty much uh that explains why nick fairy bought the whole mysterio thing oh, yeah shoot, that's my phone uh yeah but yeah, I, yeah, I didn't really know what was happening. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay, uh, I guess he's a shapeshifter. I guess, and then he he was on vacation, so yeah. Um, oh yeah, so I, I'm not sure what uh, Nick Fury's gonna be doing next uh, with the scrolls. Uh, I think there's like a comic book uh, thing that's probably gonna be in the movie or something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, I mean. We kind of, like, skipped over the whole, like, last fight scene with, like, Mysterio and Peter Parker with, like, the Peter tingle. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not much to say besides, you know, just, just the final climax with all the drones and things like that. Um, again, I, I still think my favorite fight scene was the one where he was using all the illusions on him. That was really great. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the final act was great, too, you know, just, like, him fighting the drones and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, thought, I thought it was a good climax as well I, I i don't know if it's as strong as the as homecoming's final fight i i guess i could see what's happening so that's good <laughs> but um it, yeah i don't know it, it, it was good yeah uh, i really you know like that entire you know final scene with him in the uh, corridor and then he just like closes his eyes and just lets the uh, spider sense go off and let him do his thing yeah uh but I did not expect that last illusion uh, thing where, like, he was just hiding and then, like, he tried to shoot him. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was I did really not good. know that that was going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, overall, um, I mean, I've only seen Far From Home once, so maybe my opinion will change for better or for worse. But right now, I think it is just as good as Homecoming. I think Homecoming is just a little bit better because that vulture twist still is, like, really, really good. I mean... I don't think anyone saw that coming with, you know, the vulture being the dad to uh, Liz. Yeah. So 
Um, but with this one, I think, you know, I was kind of like on defense, like uh, maybe they are doing a multi, a uh, you know, multiple universe sort of thing. But obviously they didn't. They kind of just set that up to have the, you know, normies, I guess I can call them that <laughs> don't normally, you know, go into the, you know, comic books or whatever to buy into it. But yeah, I mean, overall, Far From Home is still a really, really fun Spider-Man movie. And, you know, I just don't like it as much as Homecoming, but still a good one. Yeah, but overall, I'll say I, I I think they're pretty even. Like I guess there's some parts I like in this movie more than Homecoming, but I think Homecoming also did some parts better than Far From Home. So I, I think they're about even for me. But uh, that's why it's kind of hard to talk about it since you know it's just like I don't know, again, it just feels more like an MCU movie than just like a Spider-Man movie to me. But that's mm-hmm. also fine, like you know, because they like, connect things together and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, overall, I I think it's very good. It was definitely worth the watch. Uh, the mid credit scene was really great, and I can't wait to see what <laughs> happens next since I, I'm pretty pumped for Phase 4 now. So, Yeah, definitely, because that mid credit scene, they set up a huge thing for Spider-Man, which I don't think they've done in the movie universe at all yet, where everyone knows who he is. So oh, yeah. I don't know how they're going to reverse this or how they're going to deal with it, but this will definitely be very, very interesting. So, Oh, yeah. Is there anything else you would like to add, good sir? Uh, nope, I think that's it. Okay, so thank you guys for listening to the Travis and Damien podcast, episode 14. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. See ya.